snow. I, I mean, I'm, I'm done with snow. Uh, I'm like, I, I could use a little global warming right now, really. I, I seem to be shoveling a lot of it out of my driveway the last couple of weeks. Uh, uh, first off, I got two things I want before I even start. Uh, I, I want to say, um, this is the you know, last week. I think it's pretty obvious that I was nervous. I'm still nervous today. I'm, uh, it, this is, I'm, I'm kind of out of my element here. I'm, I'm definitely stepping out in faith. And um, the way, when I got done, I mean, everyone was so positive. And uh, even if I bombed last week, you all made me feel like I did a really good job. And uh, I, I want to thank you for that because, I, to be honest with you, uh, it's scary. And that brings me to my second point. When, when you have to get up in front of a bunch of people and speak, it's one thing. If I was up here talking about elevators, I could do this. And th- th- I mean, I know it. That, that's what I know. That's what I do. I've done it for almost 25 years. Uh, getting up and talking about the gospel, that's a whole other animal. And uh, if you've never had to do that, I don't know that you can appreciate it. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know. Um, I, I just I want to thank you for taking this call. Uh, this is not easy. When, 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 you start, uh, when you get up and you start talking about Jesus, you, you don't, it's hard to get a day off. Because you, it, everything you look at, everything you do, turns into a sermon illustration. <laughs> Am I right? Would you rather me not sit on the front row? No, you're, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why? Is, is no, that a problem? I think if you want to learn something, you sit on the front row. Oh, well. But if you'd rather me well, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to be sharing my wisdom with you today. Okay. For those of you all who don't know me, my name is Chris Bowling. And, um... I, I am not a paid professional. I'm an elevator mechanic, but um, I used to do this. I, I was a, a youth pastor at one time, and uh, so here I am. I, you know, I, I thought I was done with that part of my life, and uh, the last couple of years, God's been kind of nudging me back this way, and so um, here I am. So we're, we're, we're giving this another world. Uh, my family's over there. Uh, my wife, I love her. She's been my wife for 30 years. Uh, her name's Karen. Uh, I have a nickname for her, and that's the warden. <laughs> yeah. Now, at, all of her friends are, are, oh, Karen, she's so fun-loving and whatever, but, you know, but then there's the Karen at home with me. And uh, when we were dating, you know, she would laugh, because, I mean, if y'all haven't figured out, I love to make people laugh. That, that, that's kind of how I connect with people is I make people laugh. And that was great when we were dating, but after about day three of marriage, I think I got old for her. So, uh, you know, it's fun to hear this for an hour on Sunday morning. It is not fun to live with. So, all right. Uh, Anyway, um, last week, we are actually two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, we we started our our series on uh, on Jonah. And three things I talked about is that the first thing was that he arose, that God spoke to him in a vision, okay, and that God still speaks to us in, in a vision. The next part, uh, that, or the next point I brought up was that he went down. Four times in the scripture that we, that we read last week, the word down was used. And that was an accurate description of how he was spiraling away from God. Okay? And the last point that we talked about was where is your Nineveh? 
And there's something that I, did, I wanted to add to that is that Nineveh doesn't have to be a place or, or it, it can be an attitude. It, it can be a sin that you don't want to let go. So there's, there's more to that Nineveh thing. It, it actually gets kind of deep. So today I want to talk about storms. Now when we talk about storms, because I'm really sick of snow, we're talking about rain and thunder. We're not talking about snow, okay? I... I, the whole time I was doing, uh, doing this, this, uh, this message, I, I had in my head that it was warm and there were leaves on the trees. And that's where I'm going with today. Okay. Um, storms, they come in different sizes. You got your small storm. What would be a small storm? A small storm might be a bad day at work. Okay. It might be a bad day at work with a traffic jam on the end. Okay. When I, I used to work downtown... And uh, I hated downtown traffic. And when I got the opportunity to get out of downtown, I jumped on it. So now I work at the airport. There's not, I have not been in a traffic jam in the 12 years I've worked at the airport. Okay. And that's one of the main reasons I do that is because I, I hate traffic. And my wife will tell you I lose my mind when I get in traffic. And uh, I, I think that's common with guys my age. But uh, it's, it's not... You know, when we have a small storm, it's, it's not life-changing. You know, you get through a small storm, and then the next day, it's, life goes on. Um, then you got your medium storms. You know, what's a medium storm? And I was thinking, uh, what would be a good medium storm? And the, the, the example I had was uh, when you run out of money before you run out of month. You know, when you and the dog are eating out of the same bag of Purina, that's kind of a medium-sized storm. <laughs> Okay, uh, and, and, you know, then I thought about all these federal workers who had been off for 34 days, and I'm like, you know, for some of them it was probably a big storm, but for a lot of them it was probably a medium storm. You know, if you miss a couple of paychecks and then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, maybe I need to rethink things in my life. Maybe I need to take that Dave Ramsey course, you know. Uh, maybe I need to have a little more of an emergency fund the next time somebody in Washington gets stupid. So uh, medium storms kind of make you think about what's going on and make you change your habits. And then there's the huge storms. These are the storms that shake your world. These are the storms that whenever they hit, you remember where you were at. Like 9-11. I was in the Omni Hotel down, downtown. These are the, the, the storms that you remember. And these are the storms that definitely change who you are. They change the trajectory of your life. And these are the ones that we all hate. These are the ones that we all, though, have to go through. And I would be willing to say I'll bet there's people in this room who are going through a huge storm right now, one way or another. Uh, it's a storm, like I said, that changes your life. Uh, I'm going to read real quick uh, Jonah chapter 1, verses, or verse 4. And we have that. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea... And there was a mighty uh, tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. We're talking about sailors again. I love talking about sailors. Okay, uh, so they're on the ship. Imagine this. You're on a ship. You're out at sea, and there's this huge storm, and you're surrounded by water. You don't see land, and the ship is about to break up. That's a big storm. That's, that's a bad day. That's way worse than getting stuck in traffic, okay? 
That is, that is like, holy crap. Okay? I, I did say crap. Now, see, now the warden's going to get on me because I say crap. She's like, you've got to watch what you say. Anyway, uh, it, it was as bad as it could get. Uh, now, when you're out on the ocean, you know, when you're in the Navy, you, you, you're taught that you, you, you got two eyes. You got one doing whatever you're supposed to be doing, and the second one, you're always watching the horizon. You're always watching that storm that can sneak up on you. Even in, even in today's Navy, you know, they, they kind of drill that in our head in boot camp. You're always looking. If you see something, you say something. If you see something coming. So uh, on the ocean, as in life, they sneak up on you, these little storms. It only takes an instant to change your world. Think back when you had a storm in your own life where all of a sudden, man, life is good. Jamming the Van Halen on the radio, life is good. And then all of a sudden, something happens. A storm happens, and you're right in the middle of it, and you don't know what your next move is. Okay, so it said in verse 4 that, that, the, that the, uh, the ship was about to break up. Verse 5, I'm not going to read all this, because, but I want to go through it real quick. The sailors on the ship, they came up from all different backgrounds, and, and so they started calling out to all their gods, gods, little g, okay? And then after that, they started throwing the cargo in, in, into the ocean. And uh, if you're a sailor, and you, when it's bad enough that you're throwing the cargo out, because you don't get paid unless you deliver the cargo. So the last thing you do before you give up the ship is you throw the cargo out. You hope that maybe that by throwing the cargo out makes the boat more buoyant, it gets it up out of the water, and it buys you some time. So that's how desperate it was, and that's where these gentlemen were at. Uh, that was a physical response to a spiritual problem. The reason I say that is, is they're reacting to a storm that they see, but that was a storm that was caused by God. So they're reacting the only way they know how. Now think back when you've had a storm, and, and, and maybe, maybe it's even been a spiritual storm. It's been something that you've caused, and where you had a physical reaction to it. Physical reaction might be to blame somebody else. Okay? You know, a physical reaction might be, um, to, you know, just not taking responsibility. You know, throw, throw on the cargo overboard. Now, uh, sorry, folks, I'm still a little nervous. Uh, okay, so throw on the, the cargo over. It's the last thing you do. No cargo, no pay. Now, in verse 6, uh, Jonah was still sleeping. Okay, I, I, I'm having a hard time with this one because, I mean, in verse 4, it said that the ship was about to break up. But here he is in verse 6, and he's still sleeping. The captain comes up to him, wake up, sleeper. You know, and I'm like, how do you sleep through that? I, that, that one, I'm, I'm still having a hard time getting my, my, my head around. So in verse 7, it talks about how they cast the lots, and casting lots is the uh, Old Testament equivalent of eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And that was pretty much what they were doing. They were, they were casting lots to see who caused this trouble. Okay, because what happens when we get in the middle of a storm? We look for someone to blame. 
okay? We, we need to blame someone, and we need to make them pay the price before we all drown anyway. So that's what they were doing. So, of course, it, it, <laughs> the, lots fell, the, the lot fell on Jonah. And uh, so at that time, he, uh, he, uh, he told them, yeah, it's me. They, they asked him, they said, well, who are you? Where are you from? What God do you serve? And when he told them, it, it struck them with fear. It, it, it really drove the point home. Now, today I want to talk about types of storms. I'm only going to cover a few, okay? The first one I want to talk about are the storms that you bring on yourself, okay? We, uh, Jonah got in this storm because he ran from God. At times in our life, we get in trouble because we run away from God. We run through God's stop signs, okay? Now, what's a stop sign? When we get in the Bible... We see plenty of times where God says, don't do this, do do this, don't do this. And God's giving us stop signs, you know, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, you know, stay married to one person, be faithful to that person. These are all things that, these are all the stop signs that God puts in our life. And when we run through them, just like Jonah, whenever okay, God gave him a command, go to Nineveh and tell him that I'm about to judge him. When we run through these stop signs, that's when bad things happen. That's when storms come up. That's whenever we have to end up paying the price for not listening to God. Now, you might not be able to think of a time where that happened to you, but I, I bet if you thought long enough, you could. Now, me, I got a list. I could probably, you know, fill a phone book with uh, (laughs) uh, where I've run through stop signs and where many times where I've had to pay the price. Uh, I was talking to a a, a friend of mine a while back, and uh, he's divorced. And uh, actually, we were talking about me coming to church and speaking. And uh, he, uh, we were talking about, he, he, he had, he has been dating and he's like, you know, it's the 21st century. Is it really, you know, is sex outside of marriage a bad thing? And I said, well, you know, God kind of says it is. <laughs> I said, you know, w- you know our, our attitudes might have changed, but that doesn't change what God says. And so uh, he said, so when you and Karen were dating, you know, you waited till marriage? And I'm thinking to myself, why do you think I call her the warden? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm like, yeah, well, she's a boss, and there's a reason for that, you know. The smart one gets that, yeah, so... uh, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, that really is, you know, that, that's in the Bible. There, I mean, there's a lot of stop signs in the Bible. We don't know what they are a lot of times because we don't pick it up and read it. We don't get it in our hearts. We don't see the stop signs that God gives us and puts in our lives. Okay, the next kind of storm I want to talk about are the storms that we, that uh, are somebody else's storms that we get caught up in. 
the sailors on that boat, now they, now let's face it, they were sailors, and sailors have a reputation. They, they probably weren't the, uh, you know, as, as pure as the, as, as the driven snow. But at the same time, though, this wasn't their storm. They didn't cause this. They were collateral damage. Sometimes we get caught up in somebody else's storm. If you're a parent and you have kids and your kids go through a storm, you're going through a storm. You know, I, your kids can be a thousand miles away and they can call you up and go, Mom, or, you know, and, and they say it and there's a little fear in their voice and, and you can feel yourself tighten up because you know, you know, batten down, baby, it's getting ready to go down. And, you know, I, I mean, uh, it's not your storm, but yet it's still affecting your lives. The, that storm, as I talked earlier, it changed the trajectory of those sailors' lives. Because after they finally did what God wanted them to do, and that was toss Jonah into the drink, the storm subsided. And what did they do? They made vows and offered sacrifices to God. Man, when they got to port, they had some awesome stories to tell. You're not going to believe what happened. You, you don't think they didn't become witnesses? It, it changed their lives. They weren't the same because they went through that storm. Whenever I was a youth pastor, uh, I had to deal with this probably on more than one occasion. Uh, we had kids, you know, Karen and I, we, we did uh, junior high, senior high ministry for many years, and uh, mainly with the junior hires. The senior hires, I think they were mature enough to, to kind of understand this. But the junior high kids would come with us, and if their parents, a lot of times if they'd been in a family where there had been a divorce, or if their parents were going through a divorce, uh, on more than one occasion, they, they came to me or, or to Karen and said, it's my fault. You know, it, it, they were unintended victims of a storm that they didn't start. And, you know, we would have to encourage them and say, listen, your room being dirty is not the reason mom and dad aren't, aren't staying together. But that's the kind of stuff that goes on. We don't think about that. But that's the kind of things that kids go through. So we talked about collateral damage. Parents get caught up in their kids' storms. Here's another one that parents get caught up in whenever you, uh, you, your, your parents or your kids get to be dating age and they bring in a project. <laughs> but mama, I can fix him. I saw this meme this week and said, unless he's a baby, you can't change him. <laughs> I can change him, mama. I can do it. He's a good man. Forrest Gump said it best. Stupid is as stupid does. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you, it, you, can't, you can't change somebody. They are who they are. Now, I will say this. I'm not the man I was 30 years ago, but do you really want to wait 30 years? <laughs> yeah. Just throwing that out there for you, ladies. You, you do with that whatever you want. If you want to, or gentlemen, you know. 
Next thing I want to bring up, God is in control of the storm. See, when we see a storm coming at us, and we see all the wind and the rain and the thunder, and it's like, I, I, I love being outside just before it rains. Because, I mean, nature puts on a pretty good, a pretty good show. And uh, you get out there, and you're like, ooh, this is going to be a good one. Ooh, okay, it's probably time for me to get inside. You know? Uh, but when you're seeing all that, you don't really see God in the storm. When you're in the middle of the storm, it's hard for us to see God in the storm. There's not a storm that you go through that God's not aware of. There's not a storm that you go through that he is not with you. And when you pray and you trust and you have faith, then there's not a storm that you go through that he's not in charge of the outcome. See, sometimes we want to, you know, we want to fix things. We want to fix people. We want to fix situations. This is where faith comes in. This is where when we're dealing in a storm that, that we have to stand on our faith. Well, how do we get faith? Well, by, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We start picking up our Bible and reading it. Hey, don't wait till you're in the middle of a storm to try to start reading Read when it's sunny outside, and then that way when the storm comes, you're ready for it. Then you've got the faith to stand there, to, to get through it, to trust God. So I'm going to tell you a story real quick. I read this in a fishing magazine probably, probably over, over 25 years ago. And it was a story, and I've actually used this in a, in a couple of sermon uh, illustrations. Um, that it, it was a story of a young man who was spending the summer with his grandfather. And his grandfather had a cabin out in the woods, and it was kind of a rural area. And so the boy would go up, and he, he just enjoyed the time they would go fishing. It was him, Grandpa, and Grandpa's dog. They would go fishing. They would do things. And so Grandpa told him, you know, sometimes it was, you know, the boy would just be doing whatever. Grandpa would be busy. And he told him, he said, don't go too far. These woods are easy to get lost in. Stay close because you don't know when you're not going to be able to find your way back. Kid was about 9 or 10 years old, 11 years old. And, of course, you know, 9, 10, 11-year-old boy, I got this. Well, yes, he ended up getting lost. So the first day, he gets lost, and he's freaking out. So it's just him and the dog. So he's like, I don't know what. So then, the, then this rain comes in, and he's like, then, so it got worse. Then he looks down, and the dog's gone. And he's like, great, now I don't even have my buddy with me. So he goes through the first night in the rain, huddled up next to a tree, freezing. So... The next morning, he gets up, and, he, and he's still pretty upset. He does the best he can to dry his clothes. He reaches in his pocket and realizes he had a, a, a pocket knife on him. By this time, he's getting hungry. He'd found some berries, but they weren't quite getting it, so he went hunting. The only thing he could find to hunt was a couple of chipmunks. So he took his pocket knife and cleaned the chipmunks, and uh, I, don't even, I, I, I don't think he had fire. So I think he, he had raw chipmunk. Chipmunk sushi. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Mm. Anyway. 
So, uh, so another night comes and goes, and he's still out in the woods. So now it's, it's the next day, and he's, uh, he, he walks up on a fishing hole that his grandfather had taken him to before. So he's like, now, wait a second. I remember I was fishing, and I got a hook caught in the reeds. And so we just cut the line. And sure enough, he found the, over in the reeds, he found the hook and found the line. And he got a stick, and he made a fishing pole and dug up some worms. And sure enough, he caught himself a couple of fish that day. And I, uh, somehow or another, he had managed to make a fire. I guess stuff had dried out enough, and he knew enough that he had managed to make a fire so he actually did, was able to cook a couple of fish the second day. Still wasn't enough, but it was something in his stomach. So then he stays out in the woods another night. So then the next day, he's, you know, yeah, I've been here two days. Kind of getting the hang of this. So then he starts to think, and he says, now wait, the fishing hole is fed by a creek, and I remember seeing a fence along that creek, and then if I could take the fence and follow it to the road, then if I can get to the road, I can get back to Grandpa's cabin. So sure enough, it takes him a couple, three hours of walking, and, but anyway, he, he, he finds the creek, he finds the fence, he finds the road, he turns the bend, and there's Grandpa's cabin about 100 yards away. So he goes rushing into Grandpa's cabin. Grandpa's not there. And he was kind of upset. He's like, <sighs> I kind of wanted to see somebody. About that time, he hears the dog bark. So he walks outside, and here's Grandpa and the dog coming up the road that he just came up. Well, come to find out, Grandpa and the dog had been with him the whole time. Grandpa was teaching him a lesson. Darn you, Grandpa. And that's, that's a great story. And Grandpa left him out in the woods, and he, he let him learn a lesson. Sometimes we go through storms, not necessarily, I think, to learn a lesson. Maybe it is. But sometimes we go through storms because it's, it's time for God to take something away from us, something that we don't need, something that does not bless him. Last but not least, I want to just say, God gets you through the storm whenever now, we all know Jonah ended up in a fish, and he spent three days and three nights in a, in a fish. Now, when he went off the side of the boat, do you really think he was thinking, I bet God's going to send a big fish? You know, I, it, when I think of this story, I, I, I think, you know, God has a great sense of humor. You know what? I got, I got this big fish. You're going to love it, you know. And sure enough, he, he, he sends this fish. He spends three days and three nights in a fish. You know, God's answer to your storm isn't always comfortable. It's not always the way we expect it. But it's always the answer that we need. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for this day and this time to be able to come in and be able to share Lord, I, I just want to thank you, Lord, for your word that changes lives. Lord, I want to thank you for your spirit that's here with us, Father. Lord, I, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to serve you, to seek you, or to seek you out when we have a storm. Lord, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.